What's up, guys? Welcome to the Respect the Hustle podcast. So this week, you are going to be able to tune in to the five-day content challenge. So we're all stuck at home anyway, so I figure why not make the best of it, right? So content marketing, I know sounds complicated. But it's really just all about taking your passions and turning it into digestible nuggets that anyone could understand, even if they know nothing about your industry. So in the challenge, we are focusing on five elements that will help you master content marketing for your business. So day one is identifying your target audience. Day two, content planning, why and how. Day three, building successful content calendars. Day four, spring cleaning your email marketing strategy. And last but not least, day five, building flawless email marketing campaigns. So tune in this week for that content challenge. You can also actually be in the challenge live to be able to do live Q&A. If you follow the link that is in the description of this podcast episode. All right, guys, tune in and let me know what you think. See ya. Make sure I'm recording. Yes. So we're going to talk about what is email marketing in a nutshell. And then we're going to go through five things that you can do today or this weekend to clean up your email marketing efforts and get everything looking nice and professional. So first things first, um, email marketing is essentially sending out a mass message through a marketing platform. So MailChimp says email marketing entails sending one message to many people simultaneously and it is a permission based platform. So that's something to really keep in mind that it is permission based. Um, Mashable, which is a really cool site if you ever want to get Um, or read articles about tech and marketing and business. They describe email marketing as a, email marketing as directly marketing a message to a group of people via email. It is meant to build loyalty, trust, or brand awareness. So I really like Mashable's definition of email. Something that I'm not sure you've heard of um, is the GDPR, which is the General Data Protection Regulation. This um, mostly impacts you if you have um, people on your email list who are in Europe. So basically what it means is don't be shady, essentially. So if someone signs up for your mailing list um, under the impression that you're going to be sending them information about cooking, then just make sure you're only sending them information about cooking. And if you start to offer, um, let's say you have cooking, but then you also start to offer like personal fitness training or something like that, you should give people the opportunity to decide if they want to receive that type of communication from you or not. You shouldn't assume that they want to. So I don't remember if I talked about this yesterday or I know sometime this week about how I have TJE communications, but then I also have Respect the Hustle. So for my email list, I make sure that people who sign up for my Tanisha's tip of the month, that I can pretty much, it's free game for me to send them anything um, because they've already opted into the different parts of my business. Whereas people on the Respect the Hustle side have only opted in to things that are Respect the Hustle related. So I make sure that I only send them things that are Respect the Hustle related. And even if I have something really cool that I want them to see, I will send out an email and let them know like, hey, you're not on my, you know, Tanisha's tip of the month mailing list. Here's how you can opt in and then give them the opportunity to do that. If they don't want to, that's fine. But it's just not cool for me to send them that if that's not something that they want. Now, technically, it does not necessarily apply to us. This GDPR um, doesn't apply to us here in the States. But if you do have people on your mailing list, um, who are overseas, it's definitely something for you to think about for the future. However, I do think everyone in email should operate this way because email is very personal. Like for me, email is just like giving someone your phone number. You don't want somebody calling you all hours of the night. You want them to be respectful. So you should treat people's email the same way and just be respectful if they give you your if they give you their email just make sure that whatever you said you're going to communicate with them about that that is the thing and you're not doing anything else so 
why email marketing email marketing has the highest um, return on investment than any other form of marketing so bigger than commercial bigger than print well bit well much bigger than social um, and that is because email gives you an opportunity to directly get yourself in front of someone so on social media you can see if you made a post and it reached 2,000 people, but you don't necessarily know if they um, really sat there and went through your post versus an email will tell you if somebody opened it, if someone clicked on it. I think the current stat with email is that for every dollar you spend, you make $38. Um, and then some examples on that that I included for you guys. Well, here's more stats actually. So 93% of B2B marketers use email. Um, most people check their email every single day. Half, 50% of people check their email at least 10 times a day. Um, so email is still very powerful despite social media being the thing that everyone wants to talk about. Email still has a lot of power. So this is an actual screenshot from a client of mine who I worked with um, last year. And this was really cool because she went from making no money to email to over the course of us working together, ended up making a little over $4,000. So we worked together for a total of nine months. The first three months of us working together, we made sure that we had her automations in place. So if somebody left their cart, they got something else um, to say, hey, you forgot this in your cart, or they got an ad that said they forgot stuff in their cart. And it made up for about 18% of her total revenue. Um, and she had 248 orders over that course of us working together. So went from no money to $4,000, which is great. She was a small business owner. So having that extra $4,000 in revenue is obviously super helpful. Um, this is another client of mine who went from not really sending emails at all to now we're sending emails once a week. So her overall open rate and click rate went down a little bit because now she has well, like way more subscribers than she had before. And then her average order revenue from email went from $247 on average to almost $500 just from sending email and then looking here at her revenue over the course of time so we've only been working together now since january she went from you know her black friday sales were really good of course everyone's is but she went from barely anything in december and january to now like a little under two thousand dollars a month contributed to just email marketing so Email marketing is so powerful and it's something that you can just set up and automate and make money while you're sleeping. So is anyone currently sending emails? And if so, what platforms are you using and what kind of emails are you sending? Feel free to drop it in the chat. For me, I send uh, my Tanisha tip of the month um, every month. And then if I have like events or like with this um, five day content series, I, I've sent that out in emails as well. And then really just anything Respect the Hustle related. I try to not bombard the Respect the Hustle list a lot unless there's an event coming up. Or of course, if you know, with the conference, of course, we want to make sure that we get that out. But for the most part, you know, I try to touch them like once a month and I really cater to my um, Tanisha's tip of the month list the most because those people have opted into a little bit more communication. So is anyone currently sending email? No, yes. Or if you're not doing it right now, have you? Okay, so you have MailChimp set up. Cool. Well, that's good. Yeah, I think I, I might have brought this up yesterday, but MailChimp is a really good place to start, um, especially if you've never done it before because it's so user friendly. So a few things that we'll talk about today, which I'll um, kind of tailor how I do this because it seems like most of you are not currently sending emails, which I think is great considering some of this stuff you can um, 
fix now before your list grows and you have thousands of people on it. You don't have to go back and redo some of this stuff. So we'll talk about how to remove inactive subscribers from your list, um, creating segments and groups within your mailing list, updating signup forms, welcome series, and then of course, how you can incorporate your email campaigns into your content calendar. And as I'm going through this, if you need to stop me, feel free. So removing inactive subscribers. So this impacts your statistics. So if you have um, an email list, let's say you have 100 people and there's two people on there who never open your email, then your open rate is going to be 80 percent, um, which isn't bad. It's actually really good. Um, so but the reason why you want to remove those inactive people is because if you are um, wanting to use your email statistics to get um, advertising or you want people to pay to be um, to have an ad spot in your mailing list, your statistics are going to play a role into that. So if people are inactive, I always say get them out of here and get them off the list. And it could also be costing you money. So MailChimp you get your first 2,000 people for free. But once you get to 2,001, they start to charge you $25 a month. So if there's someone on your list who's essentially squatting, they're not opening, they're not doing anything, get them off of the list. Um, because we don't want to waste money on people who are not engaged. It's just a waste of time. So three steps to remove inactive subscribers. There's a couple things that you can do. Um, yeah, so yeah, you can go ahead. Who cares? Like, especially as you're first starting off with email, it doesn't need to be something super complicated. So if you have MailChimp, one way that you can remove people who are inactive is you can create a segment of people and you can select their campaign activity did not open all campaigns within the last three months when you click preview segment it's going to generate a list of people for you who have not opened not one single email communication from you at all within the last three months so that's one way that you can go about it let me hop in the chat real quick <clears throat> yes and I always say too so if someone unsubscribes that's great you would rather people unsubscribe from your list than to mark you as spam because you can have some deliverability problems especially with gmail so if you have a gmail account you've probably noticed that you have your primary inbox you have promotions and you have updates depending or spam of course depending on someone's interaction with you or the type of emails that you're sending gmail determines where your communication goes so you don't get to decide that as the sender the person who you're sending it to can decide to move you to their primary inbox or if they don't um, gmail will make that decision and if you have a lot of um, spam reports from your domain they will assume that you're spamming people and they'll automatically put you in the spam. Another way that you can do it if you're using MailChimp, MailChimp will actually um, create a list for you. It's already a pre-built segment of inactive subscribers. Now, I'm not sure exactly what they consider inactive, which is why I would create my own segment and do that myself. But if that's complicated for you or you just want to do it on the go, you can create an email um, and send it to them and say, hey, you know, we've noticed that you haven't opened our emails in a while. We just want to confirm that you still want to get emails from us, you know, click here to stay on our list or click here to unsubscribe. Now, I've done this for clients before. And what we usually do is if someone opens it, then we consider that as them saying that they still want to remain on the list unless they open it and unsubscribe maybe you keep them there for a little while but at least give them the opportunity to say yes i want to stay on this list or actually can you remove me and if they want to be removed then remove them so this is how you would do it when you go in to create a campaign you're going to select which audience you want to use um, which is here so this is my tanisha's tip of the month audience i can go 
and I can specifically email inactive subscribers and reach out to them and ask them if they want to remain on my list. If they don't, bye. If they do, great. Um, any questions about that so far? in the chat which do you want me to go back to which one which slide hey, sorry it's Kamika I was trying to unmute oh. um, <laughs> if you could go back to okay so I'm in MailChimp right now uh -huh. and I'm going to go I want to create a campaign to say hey like you said do you mm -hmm. want to stay on this list or not so yeah where are you seeing your inactive subscribers? Where am I going? Yes. Yeah, so when you go to create the campaign, do you see where you yes. can select your audience? I think your view is a little bit different. So when I click on campaigns, what? Mm -hmm. So when you click campaigns, you will go to, let me see if I can, I think I have MailChimp open. You see, so when I go to campaigns, click on a campaign at the top, and mm -hmm. wish I could, can I share my screen? Oh, well, anyway. Um, yeah, I don't see that. So, let me log in to MailChimp. Okay, let's go to... And I'm on the free version, so I don't know if that makes a difference. Hmm. Okay, so this is my five-day like. Okay, so when you click here, you'll see um, Create email. a campaign. Okay, got it. Mm-hmm. And mm -hmm. hold on, it's loading up on my side. My internet's going slow. Okay, so you can name this, you know, whatever. I'll just put test. Um, okay. And then you'll click begin. And then it's gonna ask me, who am I sending this email to? I'm gonna send it to the five day content challenge people. And then when, you, when you're here, it'll say segment or tag. So you'll click in here and then you'll scroll down and it'll have all of these pre-built segments. Now, some of this stuff, like if they're a female, if they're a male, their age, it's gonna depend on how much information you have. Okay, um, now I see it, yes. Yep, and then you can click inactive subscribers. So for me, it'll be people who haven't opened. Once you click save, it'll tell you how many people. So there's seven people on this list who have not opened any of the emails yet. And then from here, you can go through and build it out. Um, and send something to them. Oh crap, it's 81 people. <laughs> yeah, and then you can okay. send an email to them and say, hey, you haven't opened in a while. We just wanna see, like, do you still wanna receive communication? Um, you know, I've had, I actually just did this for somebody and they had like 90,000. <laughs> so we reached out and some of those people, you know, we won back and they, you know, opened and we, you know, moved forward and kept them. Um, but then some of the people went ahead and unsubscribed themselves, which was fine. Um, but it was still a way for them to gauge how many people are truly um, active on this list, who's not, and who can we get rid of to save money. Okay, thank you. Yeah. All right, so creating segments and groups. So this helps you cut down on subscriber count, and this will also allow you to send targeted messaging. So this is perfect for you guys if you're not already sending email because you can go ahead and get ahead of this. So something that I need to do myself um, which we can talk about why sometimes this may not work, but we'll just talk about the good parts now. Um, so a group is a collection of contacts who are categorized by their interests or preferences. So this consists of a group category and group names. Um, segments are a little different. Um, they're used to create target audiences based on shared data. When you create a segment, you'll set conditions to filter contacts based on the information that is available. So a group could be people who are interested in Respect the Hustle. And a segment within that group could be people who have purchased um, tickets to, an att to attend a Respect the Hustle event. 
So that is how you can um, send targeted messaging. So if I have a group of Respect the Hustle people who've never gone to an event, now I can target those people specifically and maybe I'll say, hey, you've never attended an event, here's 50% off your ticket to our next event. Um, or, you know, to reward the people who have attended multiple events, maybe I'll send them something and offer them a discount. So people can sign up for groups um, as they sign up for your email list. So group, keep in mind, is customer facing. Segments are internal. So if you name your group people I hate, <laughs> then a customer will see that. Versus if you name a segment, people who never buy anything from me, um, they will not see that. So please keep that in mind as you are creating your different groups and segments. So a few ways you can do that. So here's an example. If you have an online store and you want to attract new people um, who haven't, who've signed up uh, for your list in the last 30 days but have not made a purchase, what you would do is you would go into MailChimp and you would create a segment. So if their date added to your list was it was within the last 30 days, but their purchase activity was has not purchased, you can create a segment for those people. And maybe you want to offer them 10% off or 15% off to try to get them engaged in your mailing list and then also get them engaged um, in your online store. So this is great because if someone signs up for your mailing list, they obviously are interested in receiving communication from you. Um, but if they haven't bought anything, then catching them early on, you know, don't wait 90 days or a year before you start pushing that to them. Do it within those first 30 days to try to get some interaction and get them purchasing and active on the list. So content is really important within these lists and that's why creating those segments and groups are helpful um like i mentioned gmail separates your mailing list by i think it's like primary promotions updates and like forums or something um outlook they have a focused inbox and a other inbox um, if you have an iphone and you use the mail app on there, they've started to separate it and they've also started to allow people to unsubscribe from uh, from email marketing communication within the app. And then there's also an app called unroll.me where someone can essentially log into their Gmail and their Yahoo and this app will show them all of the places that their email is subscribed to and allow them to mass subscribe. So these services can potentially impact your email engagement, which is why having specific content for people is so important. So for using me as an example, again, for those respect the hustle people, if I'm sending them my tip of the month, some of them may find it helpful, but at the end of the day, they did not sign up for my mailing list for that information. So why not, you know, they're more likely to unsubscribe because that's not what they came for. So please keep that in mind as well as you're creating these lists, um, creating those different buckets and allowing people to sign up for things that they want. So the number one reason why people unsubscribe from um, email lists is because they receive too much irrelevant information. So if I'm signing up to learn about your cooking show, but you're sending me, you know, emails about your pet, that is irrelevant to me. I, I know I said pet because I don't know if you guys can hear my dog barking if you can. Sorry. <laughs> but, you know, make sure people are receiving the information that they want. A couple other reasons why people unsubscribe is that they were no longer interested in the brand. Um, the brand's email or website didn't display the work well on their, on their smartphone. So if you're using MailChimp, MailChimp automatically will do that for you. They'll make an email campaign fit well for mobile. But if you're using something else, just make sure that it works well on people's phones as well as their desktop. Um, other reasons is they might have had a bad experience um, or if you have a mobile app it didn't work well but the, the top two reasons are irrelevant information or a person is just no longer interested in what you have to say 
So um, the way that you can capture a lot of this in the beginning is making sure you have a very well thought out sign up form. So we all know first impressions mean everything and um, it's actually really hard for you to try to capture some of this information down the line, especially if your list grows um, really quickly. So you'll be able to capture this up front. And we just want to be mindful about the length. So a couple examples that I want to show you um, is so um, if you guys have heard of Linktree, um, a lot of people use a Linktree to capture um, emails on Instagram. So I actually created a landing page for my Instagram link. So of course, the challenge is there as well. Um, you have the boot camp information, which is TBD, depending on if we can get back into the world. Um, but then there's also a place for people to sign up for the mailing list. And as you can see, if they sign up, they're able to decide what type of information they're interested in. So if I'm sending out something that is specifically about social media marketing, um, like this uh, content challenge that we're in, then if people selected that they're interested in social and content strategy, then I can have those people in a group and specifically send out an email to those people within that group. There's also a Respect the Hustle events group because if someone, um, when I do combine my Respect the Hustle list and my TJE list, which is something I'm gonna do during this quarantine time, I can make sure that I only send Respect the Hustle information to the people within this group. And I can also exclude a group from an email sent. So if I'm sending out my tip of the month, I'm gonna exclude people who only wanna receive Respect the Hustle information so that it stays relevant. So this is a great way to capture information is having a great sign-up form. This is a sign-up form I did for a client. So they're letting people know when you sign up for our mailing list, you're going to get 15% off your order. And then you can decide what do you want to know about? Do you want to only see emails about dining or pets or travel so that they can um, make sure as they're sending emails that they're being mindful of people's interests. And if someone is not interested in pets, then do not send them any pet emails. Um, so you can do this through landing pages and sign up like regular sign up forms in MailChimp too. But it's a great way to capture that information from the beginning so you don't have to go back and fix it later. Any questions about that? And I will say too, um, be mindful of the length of your sign up forms. My the one that I showed you is just my sign up form for Instagram because if I make a post and say click the link in bio to sign up for whatever, like I want to make sure that it's there. But if this is just your straight up sign up form that you have, keeping it short and sweet and just capturing that information quickly is better because we all know people, you know, their attention spans are shrinking. So we want to get our information up front so we don't have to go back and do it later. Um I just want to make sure I say everything I wanted to say about that. Yeah. Cool. Um, I do have a question. Yeah. So what's the difference between um, the sign up and the landing page? Mm -hmm. So the landing page is what I use for my Instagram bio. Because in Instagram, you can only have one link. So if I... You know, I don't want to change the link every day if one day my post is about clicking the link in my bio to see my blog and the next day the post is click the link in the bio to sign up for something. So I have that landing page there so that I can just put all the information there. I probably update the landing page maybe like once a month and keep it there. A sign up form, you can incorporate sign up forms like within the signature of your regular email you can connect your sign up form to your facebook business page so if someone's on your business page and on the tabs to the left it'll say like home about photos whatever you can put put it there too 
Right. I, and I have that, but I'm trying to see what is the purpose of a landing page? Why? I'm, I'm, well, you don't have I'm... to do the landing page. The landing page for me works well for my Instagram bio. Um, a landing page also works well if you are doing any ads because you can send people to the landing page to get all the information about an event or something that you have going on. So it really just depends on your needs and what your purpose for your email list is. Yeah, so you can do like mini site sales and info page. Um, that's perfect way for landing pages um so for example if i'm gonna talk about um this uh if this content challenge was something that i had more time to promote i could have done a landing page specifically for the content challenge talking about why you need it um, why you should you know sign up for it and i can give people all that information on one page versus just sending them to my website where they would have to go find that information or where they may be distracted by other information. So, so is the landing page freestanding from anything else? Yep, or? it's freestanding okay. from everything else. But if you build it okay. in MailChimp, you can add your email sign-up form to it. Okay, yeah, and that's what I'm looking at right now. Okay, yeah. thank yeah. you. Mm -hmm. Yep. Any other questions? All right, so a welcome series. This is like really, really important. When somebody um, signs up for your mailing list, they expect to get emails from you. So if a person signs up and they don't hear from you in three months, when they finally get an email, they may forget that they even signed up in the first place. So a welcome series allows you to set expectations for your subscribers. It's also a slow transition into your mailing list. So this will lower the chances of people unsubscribing from your actual list. So they may subscribe from the welcome series, which is fine, but they won't be unsubscribing from the list. It also allows you to immediately start engaging new subscribers. And I recommend having at least three to five emails within that. So let me go to my welcome series. So here's my welcome series. So I can briefly kind of walk you through this. Let me move this chat. This chat is like in the way, y'all. Okay. So this is what my welcome series looks like. I have four emails in it. So the very first email is you know thanking them for subscribing letting them know what they can expect from me so it's like hey how are you thanks for signing up and i'm letting them know that over the next three weeks they're gonna get an email from me once a week that is going to get them caught up on my tips of the month so i essentially went through you know all my tips and picked the ones that were my favorite and over the course of a week, I'm letting them know like, hey, here's some tips to catch you up. This is important for me, especially during those months that I only email people once a month. So if somebody signs up like a week after I already did my Tuesday tip or my tip of the month, then they're not going to hear from me again until the next month. So this allows me to keep them engaged until that next email communication goes out. And they can also just catch up on past um, emails to see how those tip of the month emails tend to look, tend to sound like. So you'll be able to see, so the queue, the queue means how many people are waiting to get this email. So if someone signs up right now, then they would be waiting in the queue for this email to get ready to go out. As soon as this email sent, they would be in the queue for here because they wouldn't get this, um, this email until the following week. So you can go through and decide, you know, what you want your triggers to be. How long do you want people to wait before they get that next email? And if you ever want to add other emails to this, now I think the free version of MailChimp may only allow like three to five emails um, 
in a series. I'm not quite sure they, they changed it, which is why I had to start paying for it because I wanted more um, in the series. So just be mindful of that as you're planning. You know, start with three and make sure that they're not going to charge you for future emails. Um, it'll also tell you how many people have opened, how many people have clicked. So you can see which emails are resonating the most. So for me, it looks like this one about... I don't know what this one's about. Oh, okay. Social media for the solopreneur. So this email tends to be doing really well. So what I need to do is move this, um, which so let me see, let me pause it. <clears throat> so I should move that email first because people are really loving this one. And this would be a better way to keep people engaged because they like it but of course when I'm trying to do something MailChimp's not working for me but you can see this little hand what it's supposed to do is let me drag it around so MailChimp's pretty drag and drop for the most part so I'm going to keep this pause so I don't forget but as you're building out emails, you know, you can go in. So don't think if you start an automation that it's like, you know, set in stone. You can always pause stuff, move stuff around, edit emails. Like I would actually change this picture because this branding is kind of old. Um, and you can go through if you want to add stuff, you can just drag it in there. If you want to do, you know, a promo code, you can drag that stuff in there. The cool thing about MailChimp that they're kind of testing, which is how I was able to do the content challenge um, easily with email, is you can choose, you know, if somebody has a first name, you can decide, you know, you don't like if, if I don't want to send this to anybody whose name is Joe, then I can I can do that. And if somebody's name is not Joe, then they won't see this information. So tons of cool stuff you can do in here. Um, super easy, usually, like right now, it's not letting me drag around, but uh, you get the picture. So I would start with three emails and kind of see how that goes. Um, and if you feel like you need more, if you feel there's more you need to do to get people engaged, then definitely do that. You know, it's going to be based off of your audience and what their needs are. But for the most part, three to five is a really good soft spot for a welcome series. Any questions? Skipping around. Any questions about that? Hop in the chat. Cool. Okay. And I do want to say, too, if if building three to five emails for a welcome series sounds scary, start with one. At least make sure that if you if, if I sign up for your list right now, I should get something immediately. So I know that you got me my email, that I am signed up um, and that I'm good to go. At least let people know, like, hey, thank you so much for signing up. We appreciate you. Here's our social media. Go follow us. Something. You just don't want to leave people, you know, sitting there dormant without hearing from you at all. So, of course, content calendars. Y'all know I love me a good content calendar. Um, we talked about this a little bit already, but it does allow you to become more strategic. And you can incorporate your email uh, marketing into your content calendar as well. So what I like to do is um, for clients, let's say I have a client who's sending out an email and she's, you know, running a sale, then we want to make sure that our social media also follows that same cadence to talk about that sale. So just more strategy. Um, this will also eliminate the burden of trying to think about emails to create. So if you already know that you're going to send an email once a month or twice a month, you can already start planning out that information. And this will also, again, just set that expectation for your subscribers. They know at least my people know you're going to hear from me a minimum, a minimum of once a month. And during this time with everyone being home, I could have emailed a lot more, um, but I kind of backed off because I know so many other people are sending emails. So the only people I'm really talking to right now are the people who already said they want to be a part of this content series and I'm giving them the information. Everyone else, if you didn't want to be a part of it, that's totally fine. 
Um, but those are the people that I'm focusing on right now. Um, and I already gave my list the opportunity to be a part of this. So I think like, I feel like half of the people came from my mailing list. The other half came from social media, which was cool. So um, you can also track that information as well. Okay, so another um, thing you want to make sure you do with your email is picking the right times to send. Now, let me actually go into uh, MailChimp. So you can um, allow MailChimp to pick the best send times for you. Um, or you can, let me just do test real quick. Um, you can allow them to pick the best time for you or you can decide what that time might be based on your audience. So if you are a business primarily working with um, mothers, then you probably know that your best send time is probably early morning lunchtime or late evening when kids have had baths and they're going you know getting ready for bed that's when you can catch the moms if you work with college students you may want to send your email at 10 11 o'clock at night because they're most likely up working on stuff um, so think about your audience or you can let MailChimp optimize the best send times for maximum engagement now this is a paid feature of MailChimp so basically MailChimp is telling me that for these seven people who haven't opened anything, if I send them an email um, at three o'clock, they're most likely going to see it and open it. They pull this information based on data and analytics, um, which is something that you can go in automatically and see for yourself um, if you're comfortable with that. So this will let's get to this dashboard overview here so you can go in here and see you know who clicks you know when they click their audience growth campaign performance things of that nature so what i would do if i wanted to know okay what is the best time to send um this email i would go into um campaigns and I would go to, I would actually go to the ongoing content challenge here. And I would look at this report and I would see, okay, when, when would probably be a good time for people to open? So it looks like um, the last open was 11 o'clock at night. So there's a possibility that that may be a good time. If I want to, let me move this thing out the way. <clears throat> if I want to go view the report for the email, it will show me a little bit more detailed information. Um, and it seems like um, subscribers with the most open. Hey, Nicole, she had the most opens. Um, you can go in here and see, okay, this has 28 opens. Um, it's going to show you again that last time that somebody opened. Uh, and it's also going to show you when it was created, uh, when you started sending. And you can go in and I'm going to look at these people who did open. And you can go to their individual profiles and see their activity. So that last person, let me go back. That last person, you can see they opened the email at 11 o'clock at night. But if I want to go to, if I want to pick this based off my top people, where did Nicole go? Then I'll go to um, view report. I'll click at that open, those 14 most recent people. And then go to your top opener and see when they opened it. So for these 14 people in the last 24 hours, um, Jisha had the most opens. So I'm gonna base this off of her. And I'm gonna say whatever time Jisha tends to open the email, that's what I wanna do. So Jisha's all over the place. She's not on our on the call today, but uh, she opened at eight o'clock at night. She, she'll open at two in the afternoon. So maybe you wanna split the segment. You wanna say, okay, well, it seems like Jisha 
probably starts to open the email, it looks like right before the actual meeting starts. So maybe I want to email all those inactive people tomorrow. I want to email them at 1.50 because right now I'm sending the reminder at 10 a.m. Maybe that's too soon. Maybe they forget as the day goes on, which can't blame them. A lot of us are home with our kids. It's a little frustrating. Um, so instead, maybe sending at 10 o'clock isn't a good idea. Maybe I should send at 2 to say, hey, we're starting right now and give them some time to hop into that meeting. Um, so again, you know, this is a little more complicated because you'll have to go through individually and look at these different people. The easiest way is to let MailChimp decide for you. But I, over time, I've learned my list. I pretty much know the tip of the month people like they they like to get that email in the afternoon around lunchtime, depending on the day of the week. So it will take you some time to learn it. But again, the best way to go about it is just to think about who your person is. So we talked about the millennials, which is us, you know, we're we're up late usually. So sending me an email at 10 o'clock at night, there's a high chance I'm going to open it. If you send it to me at eight o'clock in the morning, I'm probably still asleep because I'm not a morning person, right? So think about who your people are and then decide the time that works best for them. Um... Yeah, like MailChimp does give you a lot of information and I'm not like the best with like reports and analytics, but like I work with people who like if we're tag teaming a client who really know how to go in there and like build out a lot of like really cool reports to show you people's open time and send times. Um, but a baseline to start is really just think about your target audience, which we talked about, I think that was Monday. So if you know your target audience, you have an idea. So for me, Megan um, was my target. She's my target customer. You know, Megan's a mom. She's a wife. She's a business owner. If I send Megan an email at like 6, 7 a.m., she'll open it because I mentioned that she loves hiking and she loves working out. So she has to get her workout in early in the morning because once she comes home from work, it's family time. She's focused on family. So I have to either email Megan at 6 a.m. or maybe like 10, 11 o'clock at night. She's not going to see it during the day because she's busy. So think about your customer um, and use that as a baseline to determine a good time to send to them. Any questions about that? Um, planning again, um, content planning is going to be just really effective for you to start getting consistent with email. Um, I know email can be like the wild, wild west. Sometimes it's like uncharted territory for a lot of people. Many of us are comfortable on social media because we use it personally. So it's not too hard to transition to use it on a professional standpoint um, where email can be a little bit different. So think about your goals with email and then try to create a content plan for those emails and just an overall theme for your content in general. So if you are using email to build brand awareness, the way that you're going to approach it is a little bit different. And that's pretty much how I use email. I use email for content marketing and brand awareness. I don't have products really that people can buy. So I'm not necessarily using email to make money. But most of the clients that I work with are using email to make money. So the way that I approach email for myself can be a little more light and just content and blogs. Whereas the clients that I work with, we have to think a little bit differently because we're trying to get sales. So we're thinking about how we can incorporate this item into a blog post, into an email campaign to drive revenue. So really think about your goals with email the same way you would think about that with social. How you are creating posts for social, that's how you should approach creating email campaigns to do your email marketing. Any questions about planning email? So just to recap, um, to clean up your mailing list or if you're not using email, something to think about for the future is how you're going to navigate removing inactive subscribers and what will you decide 
means someone is inactive. So if you send an email once a month and somebody has opened one of the three emails, I wouldn't consider that someone that's inactive because you're not even emailing them a lot. But if you're emailing once a week and over the last three months that person hasn't opened but one email, then okay, sure, they're inactive. So try to give some grace there depending on how you're approaching email to determine what's going to make someone inactive or not. Creating those segments and groups from day one is going to be helpful so you don't have to go back and essentially rework your entire mailing list. Get your sign-up forms updated with those groups. So if you're going to have groups of people who, just thinking about Nicole, people who love um, body scrubs versus body butter, allow them to get into those groups so then you can know if you're running a sale for the scrubs, you want to email the scrub people. Um, or if you have somebody who's only bought butters from you every month for the last three months, then maybe you want to give them a 10% off to try um, a scrub. So that would just help you think strategically as well. Get that welcome series set up, even if it's just one email, at least have it set up so that if somebody signs up, they get something immediately and incorporate your email marketing into your content calendar, which we did yesterday. Um, so plan it out, decide how many times you want to email people and how you want to approach it and just plan for it in the beginning so it doesn't feel like a huge task as you go throughout the month. Any questions about that? All right, well, that is all I have. If you guys have questions, feel free to unmute yourself. Um, otherwise, I hope this was really helpful. Um, I actually like that um, you guys are not doing email yet because that's less work <laughs> for you um, to have to go back and try to rework some of this stuff. At least you can start from the beginning having everything cleaned up so you don't have to rework it. Like like I said, the client who I did this for, their their email list has like 800,000 people. So we had to completely rework their entire list. And they actually, I talked to them yesterday and we still have some things that need to be getting, that need to be set in place because before me, they were kind of just sending emails. There wasn't really a system in place for it so it's been a lot and it's costing them a lot of money too like you know they're spending like two three thousand well they were spending like two to three thousand dollars just on MailChimp alone because they had stuff in a million different places and things weren't like set up properly so getting this stuff set up in the beginning is going to be really really helpful for you all so if there are no questions, um, if you want to tune in again, um, I will send out an email today. I, I forgot yesterday, sorry. Um, but I'll do that today with the link to the podcast. Check that out for the replay. Um, if we're not already connected on social media, please do. Um, if you have questions, of course, I'm always here if you need me. Um, otherwise, what are we talking about tomorrow? I think tomorrow we're actually talking about how to build an email. So today, um, I would recommend if you haven't already, think about um, where you want to do your email marketing. If it's going to be Constant Contact, MailChimp, Clavio, you know, whatever. Uh, we're going to walk through how to actually build out a really good email campaign to get the most engagement. So hopefully I'll see you guys for that. Uh, I'm going to jump off then if there's no questions and I will see you guys tomorrow. The Respect the Hustle podcast is brought to you by TJE Communications, a digital marketing and public relations agency with the mission to empower and educate small women-owned businesses by equipping them with the digital solutions to level the playing field between themselves and large corporations.